Trigger warning, this podcast covers topics involving eating disorders, disordered eating, and recovery from them. If you find it's not helpful, there's no pressure to listen and know that I care about you and your mental well-being and want what's best for you. If this podcast or specific episode is not aiding you and your recovery, there are so many other episodes to listen to and resources in the description box below. No, there's nothing wrong with needing that little bit or a lot of bit of extra support. And I'm here for you and I'm so proud of you. Also, I'm not a professional at all. I am just a girl who struggled with and still does struggle from an eating disorder. And I want to share my journey to food freedom and body neutrality while also creating a space for others to do so as well. Hopefully shed some light on topics that may be harder to talk about, bring some awareness and education to all types of EDs, and talk some shit about diet culture. So picture me this. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of We Eat the Fucking Food. My name is Lauren. Long time no chat. I say that every single time. It's kind of become part of the intro now, I feel. Um, yeah, sorry about the long-awaited next episode of this podcast. I'm going to be fully honest. Sometimes I really think that the only people listening to this are myself and my family and like some of my really close friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. I could still be releasing that if I wanted to for like my own recovery journey and it's nice accountability. But then I get some of y'all lovely listeners whom I don't know in real life reach out to me and say, hey, When's the next episode of the podcast coming out? And I think to myself, oh my God, people other than my close circle and myself listen to this? Okay, I should release another episode. So this episode is dedicated to all y'all who I don't know in real life, but fully support and am proud of and am grateful for. And the fact that you choose to listen to my podcast and kind of hold me accountable when it comes to recording it means a lot to me. So thank you for being on my tush about getting a new episode out. And yeah, I guess we can just hop into like catching up and I can update y'all with what's been going on in my life recently since we last chatted. Um, The most exciting thing I think that's been happening is that I have found a new apartment. Your girl's moving out and that's exciting. Uh, This is the first time that I'm going to be living on my own outside of either like a college setting in a dorm room or with my family, which is a lot of change. And y'all know I am not good at handling change. And for probably about a week of me trying to find this apartment, I was under so much stress and I had so much anxiety. But the thing is like with my living situation, which I'm extremely fortunate to be in this situation, I don't have a date in which I would need to move out or like leave this housing situation. And it's very comfortable. I, for those that do not know and are new to this podcast, I'm currently living with my aunt in Chicago in her really, really nice townhouse. I have my own room. I have a walk-in closet. I have my own bathroom. Literally, the space in which I'm existing right now is almost the same exact size as my studio apartment that I am going to be moving into. And I'm aware that this is probably the nicest place I will probably ever live in in my whole entire life. And for that, I've been living the trust fund baby life up my dad was realizing or like asked me when I was moving into my new place being like, okay, so how much have you been like saving per month? And I was like doing the math and what I was spending each week, let's just say it was embarrassing 
to figure out what that number was. But I've had the privilege of not needing to save any really money for rent. I have been saving and I have a really nice cushion underneath me, which I'm grateful for too. And this living opportunity gave me that ability to not have to funnel that money towards my, my rent and be able to go out and have spontaneous nights with friends and not really be concerned about going out to eat or getting that extra drink at the bar when it's like a Saturday night or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to those just like fun expenses. But now that's being put into perspective, how much I'm going to be paying each month for rent versus how much I make. It's it's a lot. It's it's scary, spooky. Um, I'm also still fortunate, let me say, to know that I have an extremely supportive family who's going to be helping me with my first year living really on my own. So I recognize the privilege in that as well. And I know that if all does fail, I have this living situation that I'm currently in to fall back on as well. So let me preface that anxiety by saying I am fortunate and I'm aware of that. But nonetheless, I was like crying every single day a couple of weeks ago due to the anxiety about this move. It was just a lot. I was afraid I wasn't going to find a place I wanted. I was afraid if I did find a place that I wanted that I was going to lose it because I didn't like act on it really quickly because I wanted to make sure, like be 100% confident that that's the place I wanted. But here's another little asterisk. Your girl's a Libra. Um, so I'm indecisive as hell. And I knew that I probably wouldn't ever feel like 100% for sure about it. And like, do I still check my the zillow and the apartments.com and see what's up for rent now yeah yeah i do but when looking at those options i'm so happy with my living situation i'm going to be living in logan square which is conveniently really close to where my boyfriend lives so i'm excited to be near him and a lot of my friends live over there too and i'm going to be like a 20 minute commute from work i'm going to be in the area in which i spend a lot of my time so I don't know. I'm just really, really excited. I'm mostly excited because I am want to host people. I am excited to throw like dinner parties and have um, friends come and spend like weekends with me. What's cool about the studio is it can be kind of converted into a one bedroom. So there's going to be like a private, it's, there's a large um, like walk-in closet that you can put a bed in. So I want to put my bed in there. And then the living room area is going to be like an actual living room area. And I'll be able to put a blow-up mattress out there or either get like a pull-out couch for guests come to stay. So I'm just like really excited to host. I'm pumped about that. New updates other than that? Nothing. Um, relationship, still good. Friendships, love everybody in my life so much. A family, okay. This is going to tie to... Actually, I don't know if I should just say this for the low. I'll just go diving into my highs and lows of what's been happening the high of my past week kind of falls into the hosting thing is that my best friend from high school Lindsay, came down to spend the weekend with me in chicago and we had an amazing time we played tourist on saturday we went to the shed aquarium i touched a starfish and saw the beluga whales i think beluga whales might be one of my new favorite animals now my favorite animal is going to be an elephant but the belugas are kind of really adorable so they're making their way up there uh, and then we went to the bean and we went shopping and we got a nice dinner and i don't know it was just really nice to see friends that i've been friends with for like a really long time and to be able to like be adults in the city together it still feels like we're like teenagers like running around the one of my favorite trips or one of my trips to chicago when i was like in high school and one of the times when i realized like i really love this city was with Lindsay and her family over spring break our junior year so to be back in the city doing like kind of similar to the things that we did when we were 16 17 year olds it was so much fun so much fun uh the low oh also the high of my week before i get into the lows of it is just that i got to see my family and my sister and i love seeing my sister 
And I don't know. I'm just really grateful for my friends this week and the relationships that I have. And yeah, the low this week. Um, so it's sad. Um, we are going to have to be putting my dog down soon, which is kind of what's been not really fun going on in my life. He's an old man. Let's put it that way. He's like an old man. He's like 14. Boy's going blind, deaf. He's he's not living his best life. Let's put it that way. And um, it kind of gets to the point of like, my dad says, like, is there a quality of life like worth living? Is he finding joy really in anything? And he's just kind of not anymore. So within the next like week or two, we're going to be putting him down, which is sad. But I'm happy because I got to go home this weekend and we got to see him, me and my sister, for like kind of the last time and say goodbye. We've had him since I was like, I know he's been alive for honestly 14 years. Sorry, mom and dad, if I'm incorrect, please don't text me. That Actually, you can't text me and tell me how old he actually is. But he's old. And when we first got him, I really, really didn't want him. For those of you who don't know this fact about me is I'm terrified of animals. Like pretty, pretty severely um, anxious around them, especially new ones. And so getting this dog, I was not a fan of him at first. But we spent a lot of time together during the pandemic, especially during the time when I was really struggling with my eating disorder. And... I don't know, we go on lots of walks together and that chapter of my life, he was a really big support for me. I mean, he's a dog, so he can't really be like a verbal support, but just like his presence and like having him around. And there'd be a lot of times where I'd go to him and just kind of like cry and like hold him and such. And I'm really grateful for that time and that I got to spend with him. And I'm grateful that he lived a really happy, quite healthy life. He was a spunky little Jack Russell toy poodle mix. A lot of my friends were terrified of him when we were growing up because he was a great greeter. Let's put it that way. But yeah, so that's kind of a low that's been happening. And there's been some other like health issues going on in my family, which is always like freaky and just, I don't know. That's been a concern or a thought on my mind is the health and wellness of my loved ones. Something that went well recovery-wise this week, we'll get away from that low, um, is that I feel like I am finding a lot of power in recognizing my trigger and really having an awareness of why slash what happens when like my behaviors come up or when the urges come up. And I would say the main um, underlying trigger around this and something that I kind of like want to talk about briefly before getting into the meat of this episode is the anxiety that I feel when I get to a certain level of hunger. So my best example, this happened back in like February and I talked about on the podcast about how um, I was with my partner and we were trying to figure out what was going to be eaten for dinner and we couldn't really decide, but I was like getting to a point of being really emotionally hungry and I couldn't make a sound decision. So we went to like Subway and I had like a really kind of large episode. Well, um, flash forward to this month, uh, another episode in that exact way happened with my mom this weekend. We were shopping and it was a really, really fun and good time. And then it was getting towards lunchtime and we didn't know what we were going to do. And lunch is hard for meal for me. I can justify or... I don't even need to justify eating, but I guess my eating disorder can justify eating breakfast and dinner. But lunch is like a weird and has always just been a geeky meal for me. Um, and when we were out, we didn't have a set plan on where we we're going to be eating, what type of food we we're going to be eating. I knew we we're going to be eating for dinner and just not having that set schedule and knowing what it's going to be. Um, I'm going to be eating or at least at least like the time or the general idea during a day is something that can really cause me a lot of anxiety, especially if I pass a point of hunger, which is what happened in this situation. Again, we're shopping. It got around to being a time when we were both like hungry and 
we went to a bunch of different restaurants and I couldn't figure out what I wanted or like I couldn't make there comes a point when I become so hungry and I think it's because I get triggered by the hunger I used to feel when I was actively restricting and I can't make a decision I can't I can't think about it everything is emotional for me and I just need somebody else to make that decision for me but then also even if the decision is made I'm still really anxious about it but it was kind of funny it's just a funny little quirky story which kind of ties into what i want to talk about i just want to talk about today some quirks eating disorder quirks that aren't cute so not cute quirks okay that's probably what i'm gonna title the episode but okay anywho <laughs> we went to this place called forge kitchen which is kind of like a sweet green in like the madison style i don't think there's any sweet greens in madison big fan of sweet green i'm gonna have that my second half of that for dinner because i ate like half of it and i was walking home from sweet green because i was hungry and i wanted to have some energy to record this podcast and then I put the rest in the fridge. I'm going to eat it after this. But anywho, I'm tangenting. Um, we were in the forge kitchen and I was, we were going to build my own like bowl or whatever. And I was like, got the base, which is going to be like a salad base. And then I was going to the toppings and the toppings. I looked at them. I went, mm, no, but because a part of me was like, no, I don't want to eat this. Like this feels kind of pathetic. Like this meal feels really pathetic to me. And also just did not look appetizing. And I told my mom, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't eat this. I'm not going to eat this. And she goes, okay, well, like, what, what do you want to do? What do you need for me? And I walk my ass over to the like counter service people and bless this person's heart. It was definitely one of their first like days. And I'm so sorry. The odds of that person listening to this are probably slim to none. So I guess I'm just speaking this in the universe. But I walked up there and I was like, I'm sorry, I have an eating disorder and I just can't eat this. I can't eat here. I'm I'm sorry. I just walked out and my mom was like, sorry. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that was a that was an experience. But then we went to this um place in my town, uh, in the town that we were in, and it's called Cafe Zupa. And I got a uh, soup and I got a sandwich. I kind of challenged myself. A sandwich was what sounded yummy to me. I knew I needed more energy because I was in such a vulnerable state. And I ate it and damn, was that shit good. So that one will recover rest for me. And then on top of that is even after an episode like that, which the first time the episode happened when I was with my partner in the subway situation, I was kind of like out for the rest of the day. Like I was mentally drained and exhausted. It was it took a lot out of me to eat that and to push through that uh, moment of urges. But this past time with my mom is sure I had like that episode, but shortly afterwards and honestly when i was when i started eating and i had my meal in front of me all that anxiety went away and i was able to then be present in the moment with my mom and enjoy the rest of the day and then go along to eat dinner later that night and i didn't allow that blip in my day to affect the rest of the time i was spending with my family at home so yeah that's really an empowering thing in my recovery and i'm really proud to be able to say that well sure yeah i do struggle with urges and i still struggle with some micro behaviors as well but they're not to a point where they're controlling my life anymore and i'm very very much aware of what those behaviors are and yeah also i thought they just popped in my head i want to be honest with everybody I know I keep talking about how I'm like, I want to go see a therapist or I need to go see a therapist. And I do. I, I, do, I do think having a therapist right now would be beneficial for my anxiety, specifically coming up with this move. But I think I had this aha moment when I was laying in bed recently, just like trying to fall asleep and all the thoughts are coming through my head. And I think the reason why I'm so hesitant to go back to therapy is because the last time I was in therapy and I was almost in the same mentality of thinking, oh my God, I'm doing so good. Oh my God, like recovery is moving in the right direction. 
I was then hit with a rude awakening that it wasn't at all what I thought it was. And that's when I ended up going back to treatment. And I think a part of me is afraid that when I talk to somebody about it or when I open up to a professional about it, that they're going to say that it is worse than I think or that it's back in that dangerous like category and I need to seek more help than just an outpatient therapist. Now, I don't think that physically I'm still in the place or I'm in the place that I was when that kind of reality hit a year ago, but it still makes me nervous to share that. And not because there's anything wrong with needing to go back, not that there's anything wrong with like lapses that happen within recovery, because I still don't know if I believe in a full, full recovery. I think I'm the farthest away from my disorder than I've ever been. But I know I also said that last year and then I was sent back to treatment where they wanted to send me to res again. So I I just, I don't know why I wanted to share that thought. I have never, I haven't said that, I think, out loud. Maybe I said that to my boyfriend, but I haven't said that to anybody other than him, if anyone. So I kind of just wanted to share that and be vulnerable for a minute and kind of hold myself accountable and own up to why I'm procrastinating or not seeking a therapist at this time when I should be. And I know that. So hopefully next time I record an episode of this podcast, I'll be coming back with a little bit of a different update. And maybe this is just the push. I think that I need to like have people know that that's my thought behind it to then help me, I don't know, get over the hump myself to seek a therapist. But thanks for letting me take up that space and share that thought right now. I appreciate you all. And let's get into the rest of the episode. So what I want to talk about in this episode is going to be the quirks of eating disorders and the not so cute quirks. I think that social media has made it seem like having an eating disorder at times can be just like a quirky little thing about you. Like I haven't eaten all day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I struggle with disorder dating. (laughs) Oh, like, yeah, it's made it seem like it's like a fad or like a trend to have an eating disorder. And that's fucked up in my opinion. Part of my French, but it really is. So I kind of want to shed a light on the ugly truth behind some of the weird little like niche things that I don't find a lot of people who have a platform to talk about eating disorders to talk about like these types of kind of at times I don't want to say disgusting because eating disorders aren't disgusting there should be no shame around it but just like that aren't the cutest that aren't the most appealing things to have that are caused because of um, my relationship with food or were caused because of my relationship with food. Um, I'm going to start off with a bang. So the first thing I have written down on my notes I want to talk about is the fact that I lost control of my bladder. Back in last fall, when I was back from my first semester uh, in my senior year of college, I had lost control of my bladder. I legitimately had to pee all the time all the time anytime I drink any water and it was to the point where like the pee and like that urge to pee would be so bad that I would be going to the bathroom and like I'd be at the toilet like pulling my pants down TMI skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear this I'm sorry but I would legitimately not be able to get my pants down before I started like urinating and I was literally talking to my doctor about it I was like I don't know why this is happening to me like I don't know like what's going on with like my bladder blah blah, blah. and they're like oh just do some like pelvic exercises like that's what that probably is. And then about a month later, I went to treatment and I said, well, wait a minute. 
these two are connected because of the fact that my body, I was living in a malnourished body and my muscles were losing. I was losing my muscles. So I was losing my muscles in my bladder and losing the ability to hold in my pee. Not fun. Not fun. Let me tell you that would suck because I'd have to change my pants. And like sometimes I'd have on a really cute outfit and I wouldn't want to change my pants, but I'd have to because I peed myself. Because I, as a 23-year-old lady, peed herself. But yeah, so that's not a fun quirk. Another not fun quirk that came with that, speaking of like bowel movements, I guess, is I was constantly burping. Like no matter what, any time that I ate, I would like burp, burp, burp. I was pounding the tums the tubal tums were my godsend and my savior and like yeah that this is like tied to the disorder because the fact that your digestive system just gets so messed up when you're not feeling yourself like consistently and correctly that it just doesn't know how to digest food after a while because your digestive system is also a muscle so the muscle becomes weaker but i was like i couldn't eat a single thing without burping multiple times and my sister all the time when I would like have these like I guess burping fits or whatever she'd be like dude what the fuck like can you like not like can you not and I just like genuinely like felt like there was always a constant bubble in like my um diaphragm and it just had to be let out but no matter how many times I tried to burp it would never never just stop another um little quirk that I think I've talked about before is there was a point when I had my eating disorder and this occurred more during the pandemic, like before I had went to residential treatment. So this was almost in like, I would say the height of when I was suffering, but, and I guess I'll share a specific memory to talk about this quirk. I, it was height of the pandemic. Parents got some takeout food or whatever. And I got like a veggie burger with some like fries. And I was quite, quite anxious because if y'all know me, um, bread or just like carbs in general are a bitch food for me and I had the sandwich and I literally it's like my parents were eating with me too it was just me and my parents were sitting around our living room like table but I was like in the kitchen because this is what I was doing I would have a fit and then I would go and take a bite of the sandwich I take a bite of the sandwich and then I would start sprinting around my house like crying just like running because I was so anxious my body like felt like it was like itching basically I go into the bathroom I would spit said food out and then I'd run back into the kitchen and I'd be so upset with myself I'd be like what the hell Lauren like why did I do that so then the cycle continued I'd take another bite and then the exact same thing would happen I'd run my house like super anxious and I'd spit the food and then I'd have to legitimately take a break away from the food like I don't know what it was it was just like I would get this itch anytime that I would get extremely anxious around the food and like I'd want to eat it like obviously I was taking the bites of it and I wanted to but just like something in me was like like it was like that sensation I don't know what that noise really was and I don't know why I did it so sorry that was really weird but I would like generally just not be able like to sit like I was just like it's it's like it's anxiety (laughs) it's anxiety but just like that physical sensation of just like needing to move needing to like run away from almost I guess like the fear itself but I did that so many times during the period of my life where like I another time happened at my cabin. Same thing. It was my mom's fucking birthday and we were eating all food. Sorry if I sniffled right there. And we were eating their dinner and I was doing that in front of like a group of people. And it's like, oh my God, Lauren, like I generally with some of these behaviors or some of these things that I was doing at the time, like I can't think about how I was being perceived. If I'm so concerned about how I'm being perceived, AKA me just listening back to every single podcast episode multiple times just to see how I sound and to see if I sound quote unquote cool or quote unquote smart or quote unquote like well articulated. Um, I don't know why I didn't care then <laughs> at all because it was just, I don't know. 
I don't know. That's a, that's just another weird thing. Another weird thing, a quirk that I still kind of do and a part of me is like, is this a quirk or is this just a little thing that I like? And that is eating with small utensils and on small plates. I think back in the day when it was like a disordered mindset about it, it was to try to like trick my body into thinking I was like eating or my mind into thinking I was eating more food because a plate be smaller. So whatever the volume was, it would look like it was more food on said plate. Um, but now I just kind of like little utensils, especially like eating ice cream with a little spoon. There's something youthful about it. And maybe that's because I'm terrified of growing up and I want to stay connected to my younger self, which is a whole entire episode that we can talk about that later. Um, but I would constantly want to be eating with only like specific utensils and specific plates and specific things like my whole entire family like we'd be eating dinner and my whole family would be eating on like these like larger portion plates or just like these bigger plates and i would go and get myself a different size plate to eat on and i noticed myself this weekend which is kind of another proud recovery moment is i didn't do that at all one time and this honestly might have been the first weekend since i had an eating disorder or suffered from an eating disorder that i didn't use a smaller plate with my family so pat myself in the back right now give myself a high five let's go um yeah so that was also a little strange behavior and kind of to tie into that is i would break my food into like the littlest pieces specifically protein bars like i wouldn't eat a protein bar like just taking a bite of it like in the wrapper like i'd have to break it up and like extend my meals out for like as long as i could and i think though that that was a weird quirk that was given to me from like treatment because in treatment you have certain blocks in which you're able to eat your food before they kind of say, okay, we're going to have to like supplement you for not completing your meal or X, Y, Z. And for meals would be 30 minutes and for snacks would be 20. And I would push my meal or push my snack to be the whole entire time. Even if it was a literal just granola bar, it would take me 20 minutes to eat the damn thing because I'd be like pacing myself almost. I don't know why. I think because I told myself it'd be better for my digestion if I ate like slower and took more time. And also because one time in treatment, my first time around, I got feedback that I ate too fast. So I think that that kind of probably played a role into that. My first time in treatment was just not it, guys, not it. Um, But I break everything into really small pieces or I take really small bites to kind of extend the meal or make it longer because... I knew that right now I was allowing myself to eat, but didn't know when the next time that my eating disorder would allow me to like eat the food again. So I wanted to savor it as much as possible. And by using smaller utensils or breaking up my meals, it would prolongate my eating and prolongate my meal and prolong the amount of time that I would be like allowing myself to eat. So that's like a weird thing because then it also like with people around me, like would be eating very regularly, intuitively eating their meal and I'd be sitting there like very slowly picking at it. I'd be the last one at like the table because I just picked up on this, that weird like micro behavior. Another little thing that I did or like still honestly do, this is also me holding accountable again. This is micro behaviors. It's like, I would like constantly be like, just like living in a sucked in state. Like I would be sucking my stomach in constantly, like no matter what would never be relaxed, would never be comfortable because I was so damn focused on engaging my core. And like, what was I doing that for? What like what what, what was I doing that for? What was I doing half of these behaviors for? Again, quirky. She's quirky. <laughs> she has an eating disorder. <laughs> not cute. Not cute. Not quirks. Why are we saying eating disorders are quirky? Because they are not. Like, they're not. They're not fun. Like, and all these things, like, I thought I had to do them. I thought that like these are just like I'd make excuses for my loss of bladder control. I make excuses for me burping. I'd make excuses for me like running. Like I was like, I'd normalize as much as I possibly could. Why why are we normalizing these like 
weird quirks when it comes to like eating and disordered eating and normalizing disordered eating. That just takes me back to how fucked up diet culture is and how fucked up like a society that we live in. Oh my God, on my Instagram today, not Instagram, my TikTok today, this freaking video came up of some girl who's like, I'm a detox coach. What the fuck is that? Like, what's the actual? Why are we promoting this? Why are we suspecting this next generation having seen like this type of thing on social media? Because that's so harmful. It's so harmful. Your body knows how to detox itself. You're burping constantly because your body's forgotten how to digest food. You can't pee because your body's losing muscle because you're not fueling yourself enough to just function as a basic human being. Like, come on. Like, it's, we just, like, stop. Like, we, TikTok needs to stop. Social media needs to stop. We just need to stop making disordered eating quirky. Like, let's, like, not. Like, no. It's isolating disordered eating. It's sad. It puts you in such a limited life and makes you... I think the reason why you also isolate from eating disorders, or at least why I isolated from eating disorders, is because it's, again, it's not cute. It's kind of embarrassing. It was embarrassing that I was constantly burping after every single one of my meals. I literally remember at the time I was dating this guy who also had, like, stomach problems or had burping issues, too. And he, so, like, I felt comfortable during that part of my recovery because we both would be burping all the time. But, like, he had, like, a literal medical thing going on with him. And not to say mine wasn't a literal medical thing, but mine was caused... Because of me not feeling my body for X amount of time and my body having to relearn how to digest food versus he had like, I don't think it was IBS, but it was something like that. So it's like that was the only time I felt comfortable eating with someone else really like that because otherwise you get people like my sister, no offense to my sister, totally normal reaction, being like, dude, stop burping. Like, why do you keep constantly like burping? It's so isolating because of reactions like that or because of the fear of people like and that judgment too. But like, God. Oh, I'm sorry. I just really tangented there. I got kind of passionate about that for a minute, but it just annoys me. Like, it just really, really annoys me that we still live in a society that so much values thinness and so much values like people's appearance that we've turned to making starving yourself, having a disordered relationship with food, excessively moving your body, making that a quirk, making that something that people want, something that people strive for. Like, the fact that people say, God, I wish I had the willpower that you had. God, I wish I had, like, the ability. I don't know. Like, what? It's just, it, it fla- it's flabbergasting. Let's put it that way. And, yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about that. And I want everybody, I want to put a big asterisk right there. In no way, when I was just explaining those old quote-unquote quirks that I had with my eating disorder and within my recovery, that that was anything that I want you to be striving for. Like, please, 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 if anything, hear that little bit of my story and know that, like, and this is, that's just my story. That's just my journey. Others may experience different, like, quirks or different, like, little, like, side effects caused by the disorder that I'm not even talking about right now. But one, I guess I say that because I want you to know that, like, you're not alone if you do struggle with that. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in your body relearning how to digest or any of the things I said before. Like they're all part of my journey to be where I'm at right now with my relationship with food and myself and this level of honesty I'm able to have on my platform. But also don't strive for that. Don't like make that a goal or think that that's something that should be normalized because those quirks aren't quirky. They're not normal. They're not like little things about me that make me special or make me different. Like 
I'm in no way proud of that part of me or that old part of me. I'm not ashamed of it, but I'm not proud. So I guess, yeah, that's just how I feel about it. I wanted to just kind of be vulnerable and again, talk about those things that I don't feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about when it comes to eating disorders. And yeah, thanks for listening. To wrap up the episode of this podcast, uh, something I'm going to do to take care of myself tonight is I'm going to do some laundry because I need to do some laundry. And I am going to wash my face really nicely. Maybe I'll ice roll and such. I don't know if you can tell or not. I got a little bit congested right now. I think it's allergies. Um, but I had to stay home from hanging out with my friends tonight, which I'm having extreme FOMO from right now. But so I'm just going to rest, lay low. I got a big weekend coming up. I'm really excited. My um, roommate from last year is having her short film premiere tomorrow that she was in last year. And I helped her like audition for her. And she asked me to come and like be her date. So I'm really excited to go and see her on the big screen. I might cry, honestly. But yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Take care of myself. Like always, I'm so proud of you. If you need help, there's resources in the description of this podcast. If you think that you're suffering or have any of those symptoms that I kind of just explained at all. Again, know that there's nothing wrong with them. There was no, I wasn't trying to articulate any shame that I have or push any shame that like you should feel for having those like quirks. Again, it's a part of you and what your chapter and your journey right now to recovery and food freedom. And if you are needing the extra little bit of help and support there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and i encourage you to use the resources in the description of this podcast thank you for listening and again a shout out to the individuals who reached out to me and kind of said hey dude let's let's get another episode of the podcast up and i'm really happy i did this tonight i'm hoping that when i move into my new place and i have my own space that i'll feel more comfortable and wanting to record more episodes of the podcast but until then i love y'all and yeah Bye.